0: Welcome to Backstory and Beyond with your host, Ward Kampf, seeker, innovator, and president of Northwood Retail. As Ward travels the country, he'll share the industry insights he's gained over a three decades long retail career, introduce you to trailblazing business leaders and disruptive founders, and uncover the real deal about some of the greatest cities in the world. This week, Ward is in San Diego with Carol Roizen, co-founder of Parakeet Cafe, an eatery and juice bar with over a dozen locations across California. They'll discuss how a life-changing event started the journey to understand the intersection of food and health, why embracing change is essential for entrepreneurs, and what a cup of hot cocoa can teach us about business. All that and more on this episode of Backstory and Beyond.
1: We're in San Diego today, one of my favorite cities, with a special guest, Carol Roizen. Welcome, Carol.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure.
1: Carol, along with her partner and husband, Jonathan, started Parakeet Cafe. It's a fascinating story. It has a lot to do with their youngest daughter, Michelle, being ill and just a movement around food and treatments and working your way through taking care of your daughter opening your first Parakeet Cafe, which I think actually was a juice bar. So just kind of start from the beginning and tell the the story.
2: I'm so happy to share my story. So it all began when our youngest daughter was born. We have two kids and she's the youngest. Uh, We had all our life planned out. Like we were living in Mexico City at the time. We were doing everything by the books. And this baby comes into the world and she couldn't breathe very well. She seemed very weak Overall, not even the doctors were very clear on the diagnosis. So we started to encounter the unknown. And then she had some blisters on her skin. So I ended up in a dermatologist's office. And he was like, if I'm correct, she has a very rare disease. This is going to take like three years to recover. It's going to be very aggressive treatments. And he was right. We discovered the specialist for this disease, which is called Langerhans cells histiocytosis. We ended up learning that she had it on her lungs and her skull. Treatment was chemotherapy, and we started the treatment immediately. Uh, she was undergoing chemotherapy when she was six months old. Everything evolved around Michelle, and I felt such a disconnect from her because she was very fussy and and slept a lot and cried a lot, but I really couldn't know her character. I'm like, I don't know if this is who she is or I don't know if this is who she is under chemotherapy. Right. And I always wanted to find a way to feel like I was part of the equation. So I started to put a lot of attention. And when they were saying, oh, she is lacking iron or this or that, I would go and do some research and see like, what can I give this baby in order to support her? And I would do like a spinach puree and then feed her that or black beans puree and feed her that. And I saw immediately how much impact the right food made on her blood counts. And all of my life became about that, about like food and like lifestyle and how to just support everything that was going on here in her little body because I felt she was under attack by all these like chemicals. And I think it gave me a little bit of sense of comfort and control in a situation that was so uncontrollable and outside of what I thought it would be. So that's how everything started. All my energy and focus shifted onto food. And now thank God she's 100% healthy. She's 17 years old and she's sassy and gorgeous and happy and very fun to be around.
1: Well, I think for your kids, you'll go to the end of the earth for their health. You know, nothing on the scale of cancer, but our son had a really hard time eating as a child and a nurse that worked for the best EMT doctor in the city. She said, let me, look at your son, maybe it's his tonsils. And it was, and we got him in right away. And once we cleared that path, you know, we didn't know what was wrong, but you're ready to, you know, you'll yeah. move like lightning. And we knew something was wrong, we just didn't know what. And so yours is a lot different. So you get somehow, you know, Mexico City to San Diego, you're getting this under control, it feels like.
2: Yeah, so we came back to Mexico and I was, I'm a lawyer. So I studied law, I went into a super fancy, amazing firm in Mexico. And that was my dream job. Like I needed to be in this like corporate international law firm and live the dream. But then I was there and I'm like, it looks a lot better in the movies. This is not what I signed up for. And this is Mexico City in the 1999. Like it was a man world out there and I wasn't willing to invest all of the energy that it would take for me to just like build a career there so I decided like what can I do for myself that I love and enjoy and I ended up deciding that I wanted to go to cooking school so I did Le Cordon Bleu in Mexico and I loved it it was the first time I think that I did something for myself and kind of concerned I'm like What is this? Like, I'm a lawyer and now I like cooking. So when Michelle was born, I started to have this need to do something for other people who went through this experience. I remember vividly when I was going through it. The only thing that I wanted is to connect with someone who had had the same experience as me. And then I knew how fortunate we were because we could take a plane, get treatment. We had an insurance, so we had access to everything we need. Um, and I'm from Mexico, and I'm very aware of not everyone having access to healthcare, even right. in Mexico City. So I was determined to do something with my experience, and I wanted to help all of these people.
1: And now you want to go share it. And I think it's through food yeah. that you're starting to figure out, like, this is how I'm going to connect. So
2: yeah. So when I had this enormous need to help, I had the opportunity to work at the government in Mexico in a dependency called Seguro Popular, where you help people who don't even have access to social security. And one of the things that was most important for me during that time was that I discovered that there was not enough money to heal all of the disease that was in Mexico or or anywhere for that matter, so that we need to really, really focus on preventing. And that's how I really founded my passion. I'm like, we need to look into health-related lifestyle, eating all of that, so then that's how we started wondering, like, should we move to the states where we can have access to all of that, that we believe was so important for our family. Just being in Mexico, the high altitude, the pollution, It was impossible at that time to get access to organic food. I just was very focused on organic. And we ended up deciding that the best move for the family would be to come to San Diego just because it was a very easy commute to Mexico City. My husband was still working at Mexico City and we had what we were looking for, like access to healthy food and like this beautiful, gorgeous place. So we came and put all of our effort into building a community, a life for ourselves. Into making this change work, it was very hard because we left everything we knew behind, including our friends and family. And we, part of that idea of like, how do we make this work is like, let's start a business. But to me, I am very passionate and intense in every aspect of my life. So I needed to do something that would be very worthy for me. Like, it needed to be something of substance.
1: You know, your story is pretty fascinating, right? You leave Mexico City, you give it all up, you come here, you get invested, but then you start to build this mission around this, this passion or this journey you're on, and it gets really serious about how you feel about food, superfoods, there's a spiritual element to it.
2: So at that time, I was doing a master's program in spiritual psychology in LA, and I went to a juice place there that I loved. And when I came here, I'm like, "Uh, I thought there was gonna be much more access to health food, like restaurants who are like more super focused in organic and and healthy food. And they were some, but not as much as I imagined. So then I I went to LA and I found this amazing juice place where I'm like, this is what I was looking for. So we ended up talking to the owner of the place and we said like, we really want to help you expand your business let us open a location down in San Diego. And that's how the journey began. Like, really, we wanted to do something that was meaningful and that we really believed in. And we wanted to bring something to the community that we personally found of value. So we opened the juicery and it was a whole adventure because we needed to start everything from scratch, not only like about managing a business in the States or the legality or of everything, but like about cutting pineapple and blending and how to properly clean kale and all of that. Like we needed to learn everything and we did. So we were doing all of that, Jonathan and I, and it was so gratifying because we immediately found people that really appreciate what we were doing. Yeah, and that's the beginning of the story.
1: So I think, you know, you aligned your business with Hippocrates, left food, Be Thy Medicine, kind of talk about like, because it's hard to carry out the mission, get high quality, and then start to build a business as you guys start to build it out. So,
2: I feel um, the way this evolved was super organic. We were never thinking that we were building a business. I was just so excited to share everything that I've learned with the community that I I was part of right now. And when it came to what we were putting on people's plate, it was super easy. Like we will only be serving the highest quality food that we could get. In my mind, I was building this place to be able to have somewhere where I can eat with my kids. So no questions asked that was going to be the best quality available. And as a Mexican person, like we are surrounded by a lot of options when it comes to food, fruits and vegetables and color, like everything grows in Mexico. So we know like how amazing food that comes from the farm to the table is by itself. It doesn't need to be highly processed. So I was just having a lot of fun, like creating colorful dishes, exciting dishes of things that I would enjoy personally. We have super exciting and special drink items on our menu and we, craft them very cautiously with superfood so we have a latte that has activated charcoal in it we have one that has blue spirulina in it so we really want to create drinks that will be amazing for your health taste amazing as well but that will have the benefits we are adding a lot of adaptogenic mushrooms into our drinks which are very earthy and it's very hard to hide the flavor but i think we do it very well. And we also have recently launched a line of mocktails. Of course, there are virgin cocktails, but we made sure to add adaptogens to them. So I have one that has wheatgrass in it, and we had one with collagen and grapefruit and dill. So it's just super fun and exciting to craft these delicious items for people to enjoy.
1: And you know, And then to build a culture around it.
2: People really appreciate this and they understand that we're trying to do something right. And then it became a a restaurant and then we had the opportunity of open more than one location. Then we started to see other restaurants around in the same neighborhood started to add on a little things to the menu that we were serving. And we were like, oh, my God, we're really influencing people into thinking about food differently, into understanding the value of serving high quality food, that it's good for you and also tastes good you know so
1: so you start in la jolla you know you go to hillcrest when you open at one paseo i saw a lot of the younger kids and the moms and just it feels like that one was the one that kind of hit the next level and you were able to just scale now you're going up the coast through orange county into la hopefully yeah yeah
2: Yeah. We, we we're now at that place where like we're pretty much doubling the amount of restaurants that we will have in a few months. So we'll see how that plays out. I'm still very excited about it. It's a lot of work, very challenging, but I still think that it has a lot of value and we make it with so much dedication and commitment to do something amazing that I'm still hoping people up north will find the value that we have. And I think the success so far of Parakeet has been that we have always been very open to change. We are not set on our ways in any way because the whole journey has been such an adventure of, of change. Like when we, when I started my own food journey in the beginning, I was 100% vegan and everything was mainly raw. And because I was feeding a very sick child. But then as we were growing and I saw how much stress all of this put in the family itself because they were like, to me, like feeding them a candy with artificial color was right. like traumatic. I know it sounds super funny, but to me it was like, oh my God, these babies are committing suicide. Like they right. are eating chemicals. And and I've learned through that super apprehensive experience that there's always a middle ground. And of course, if you're struggling with health and very sick, I will advocate for a vegan food. All the green juice you can get into your system. Like I do believe it because I, went through that experience once before. But if you're healthy and thriving, you don't need to be so apprehensive. And that's how really Perikid became what it is right now. Like it started very limited. The menu was super restricted. And then as I saw, okay, I'm only taking care of this little tiny part of the community, which is already like super aware of what they need to do in order to promote health within themselves. But I want to be more inclusive. I want to bring in the People who are not very clear, who have never had access to super healthy food before, who had never had the experience of eating something super healthy. And then how do you feel after that? So I'm like, I can help only these people or I can expand my horizons and be a little bit more open. And that's what we did. So it has been changing so much. And I think at Juan Paseo, as you are saying, is where we hit the nail in the head. And we were like, okay, now we are inclusive. We will never, never sacrifice the quality or the ingredients that we use.
1: It just feels like that's where you caught lightning in a bottle. It's a business. You know, I've been there. We were there in January, and I had the hot chocolate. And I said to somebody, I am I love hot chocolate, but it was like one of the top three hot chocolates. And so I went and I asked Whoever was working, I said, I think she said you either make it or you get it from.
2: Yeah. So it's funny that you touch on the cacao. We imported cacao from Australia. And I looked for that cacao particularly for a very long time because I went to a place once and I loved it. And I was amazed at just the quality and the texture and the flavor. And they did have this alternative, which was like low glycemic without sugar. And that's what excites me. And recently we had a vendor coming and saying like mine is so much better, so much higher quality and it's this and that and that. And we tried it and we're like, oh, my God, Is if this is a better quality, like we need to get the cacao. And the customers were so disappointed and upset. And it crushed my soul because I'm like, I'm trying to do things better. And we were not trying to save money. It was even more expensive for us. But for me, it's all about the quality, you know, and and. We messed up. So we own our mistakes and we learned the hard way that you don't need to find a solution for something that it's not broken because people love our cacao. But I'm happy to report that our cacao it's back and we will never again experiment with something that's working because why would we?
1: Right. I mean, and but
2: this is me trying just to always be better.
1: Well I think everybody wants to be better. And you know, when you're growing, you know, you get more resources, you get more people bringing you things you have more opportunities more at bats and you know it gets harder to, it gets faster right and so you do kind of every once in a while want to change and then you say hey that was a bad idea you know
2: yeah but well the thing that it's important to me is that we will always be flexible and and Always honor our customers because it's the most important part of the business. Aside from that, we make everything in house, which is super exciting and fun. And that's how we control 100% the quality of what we provide to our customers, which to me is most important. We keep things seasonal. Every time we have like the new menu coming out, it creates a lot of excitement on the team. The other part that I think it's Why Parakeet has been so successful so far is because the people who make it, the executive chef and all of the baristas and they are so, so an important part of the team. And I love just the community that we have created and the connections that we create. And we really value people within the company and outside of the company. It's For me, it's the most uplifting aspect of just working in the restaurant business, as challenging as it would be. It's just too much fun.
1: Do you ever just sit back and watch people smile or, you know, the young kids or the mom with her daughter, you know, vice versa, and just say, wow, we've given up everything we had. We moved to San Diego. We created this. And you're just, I mean, do you ever step back and you and Jonathan just say, wow, we did this?
2: Yeah, it happens every day, all day. Definitely, I am so grateful for what we have accomplished so far. And of course, like stepping out and looking in and seeing like, oh my God, I did this. It's super gratifying, but I find that for me, like the example that we have given the girls also of like, you have a dream, go fight for it and you can get it. For me, that's like the most gratifying part of like everything Perikid because I've never thought of myself as being in the hospitality industry. Like I did never knew anything about restaurants or food service or anything. I've always loved food above everything. Um, but then just that, like the knowing that you can have an idea in your mind and then it it becomes outside of your mind and it exists in reality and that so many people can benefit from that. It's, to me it's the most amazing part of it and that the girls get to witness that and then I hope it gives them the opportunity to know like everything is possible you know you just need to put an effort
1: you know one of the things I'd ask you is uh, as a woman founder did you find any resistance because some of the women you know only two percent of venture capital goes to women founders there's a lot of obstacles in the way you know I know you had Jonathan with you but did you find any resistance as a woman founder of a business?
2: I think uh, my experience, it's a little bit different just because, as you said, like Jonathan and I have done this side by side since the beginning. But I do see like how they see it different. It's like, what right. do you do for the business? And I'm like, everything. <laughs> really? You know, it's like the beginning of my story started like that. Like I was in a law firm. I understood like this is a men's world. It was very challenging. I, My heart wasn't on the game as much for me to like sacrifice everything that I had to in order to say like, I will make it work as a woman.
1: I think having the legal background was probably what drove you, you know, as somebody that was able to kind of get through the hurdles and just, you know, moving, understanding a different culture, you know, from Mexico to the U.S. Just, I mean, there's a lot of basic stuff that I think having a law background probably helped. You know, one of the things that we ask do you guys obsess over what's happening you know, in the stores, in the community, You know, the obsession with the front line?
2: I do a lot. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I haven't decided because I do find myself wasting a lot of energy sometimes in things that I need to be somewhere else. And I'm hyper-focused in something that shouldn't be taking all of my attention. But for me, the service component of Parakeet is what's, Brings me joy. Like, I want to be the connection to the people. I want to be there when I put a latte on their table and they are like, wow, this is amazing. This is the mess, Mocha ever. So, the front line for me is super important. And it's the part that I've been struggling the most to let go and just trust other people to do their their job and and they do it very well like i'm very grateful of the people who work with us but definitely is something that i struggle with because it's so important for me i want to do this right like i want to show you how much i respect you being here and being open to try what i'm offering you know like this is something that it's beyond my wildest imagination and it's 100 dependable on them coming to me so i just
1: but yeah. you started Here it, I you know. I, yeah. I, mean, I think the obsession comes from it's your idea. You created it. You know what started as a healing process for your daughter turned into a passion that turned into a wildly successful business. Why wouldn't you be obsessed? I mean, yeah. I would be obsessed as long as you're involved and your name's on it. Did you ever want to quit? I mean, was there ever a point where you're like, "This isn't going to work"?
2: No, yeah. I, I would never do that. I'm not. No, uh, it's it's very challenging. It. One of the hardest parts of the, the business, it's like I build this with Jonathan, which she's amazing, but also he's my husband. Right. <laughs> so just finding space where like we're not talking work and we're only being husband and wife and parents to these adorable girls. And that was the challenge because it gets to a point where you need a break. But just like also food is part of your every day, every second life. When we travel, since I am so Worried about the front line, as you said, I'm, I'm far away, like there's nothing really I can do. So I disconnect 100 percent. But then you go to a restaurant and then they serve you this amazing dish. And I'm like, oh, my God, I want to create something like this for Perikit parakeet. And, you know, like it's every day in every aspect of our lives. And that has definitely been a challenge but life is a challenge. Right. So if it wasn't this it would be something else and I think we have had much more positive coming out of being business partners than negative. It's all about communication and respect and just honoring the other person and and listening, you know, like clear communication. Yeah, it it has only built a strong relation stronger relationship.
1: I think it's phenomenal be hard, you know it's hard to be a husband wife team and enjoy success failures et cetera i mean it's a it's a hard journey, I'm sure your daughters to see especially both parents work I think it teaches them hard work like you gotta go to work, roll your sleeves up. I think that's really important foundationally you know we like to get a take of locals on what the real deal is in san diego you know i've I've read that parakeet cafe is one of the gems, but anything oh, anything you so you, much. <laughs> you know that Anybody here that you think somebody should see besides the ocean?
2: I love Encinitas. I find it very fun. And I love sushi. I love to go to Sushiota a lot. I don't know. To me, San Diego, it's very grounding. So just like walking the beach, my happy place on earth is Torrey Pines Reserve. Just going and walking up and down the mountain gives me peace and quiet. It helps me go back to my center.
1: And, you know, Mexico City, any favorite spots that you would say everybody should see or what's the one thing there?
2: I love Mexico City, mainly because of the people and the yeah. food. Yep. I'm obsessed recently with San Miguel Allende. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it's just like the energy around it. And there's this restaurant called Aperi in San Miguel, which I love. And the chef is amazing. He's there most of the time. And he's a pleasure to talk to. I love Mexico City is where I grew up, where I was born. I love it. It's just colorful and fun. And people are kind to each other and just like serviceful, you know. And of course, my family is there. So every time I go, I see my friends, my family. And it's just, yeah, amazing.
1: What do you think the hidden gem is of Mexico City? Or the one thing everyone should see when they're in Mexico City?
2: I, we recently went to, well, not Mexico City, but we recently went to Merida. We've yeah. never been. And I think that's a place that everybody should go. We went to Chichen Itza and I was amazed, like blown away by the, by the beauty of it and the spirituality and story behind it. Not to say the food, which was amazing. I was obsessed with these restaurants. I think everybody should be fortunate enough to be able to go to Merida and, and live and breathe the Mexican culture.
1: So as we wrap up, where do we find Parakeet Cafe?
2: You can find us on social, Instagram, Parakeet Cafe. And then we have a website, parakeetcafe.com, and multiple locations throughout San Diego, Del Mar, Coronado, Little Italy, La Jolla, Newport, Beverly Hills, and coming soon, Carlsbad, and Brentwood.
1: Carol, I want to thank you for your time today. It's been great to learn your journey of Parakeet Cafe.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It was super fun and I always love sharing my story. So thank you so much for listening.
0: This has been Backstory and Beyond, hosted by Ward Camp. To learn more about Northwood Retail or the destinations from today's episode, visit BackstoryBeyond.com.